it's okay to have an obsession. I dive into my craziest, imaginative and plain stupid obsessions. Mentally Obsessed is a podcast in which people can share and relate to obsessions anytime, anywhere. Obsessing over a game? I'll talk about it. Obsessed with World of Warcraft? Yeah, me too. Whenever the opportunity arises, I also interview celebrities or people of interest. So, what are you waiting for? Let your obsession reign free. And if you like what you hear, consider following and sharing with friends. Come nerd out with us too on Twitter at Mentally Obsess. I am joined with the fabulous Sarah Coates, you may know as Marguerite Baker from Resident Evil 7 Biohazard and Louisa from Resident Evil Village and other stuff as well. And um, she's a massive RuPaul's Drag Race fan, which is and she's she's been in the show as well. So hello, Sarah Coates. How are you doing? Oh, I am so excited to be here. I am, I think you should have started with Sarah Coates, massive RuPaul's Drag Race fan, is the number one thing about me. And then, you know, Resident Evil, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I, I'm, that's one of the main reasons I'm so excited to talk to you is because I found you on Twitter and we have very similar interests. So this is going to be really exciting. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I scrolled down Twitter to see what Sarah Coates posted next. <laughs> it's either pictures of my dog or chatting with drag queens. And, you know, during a pandemic, that is all I want to do is one of those two things. So I've asked the dreaded question before, but how are you doing in terms of COVID and things like that? You know, I am, I am medium. I'm super lucky. I have a wonderful fiance and a house and and my dog and I, I, I'm good and I haven't lost anyone um, close to me to COVID. So I, but I've seen, you know, I have friends who've lost people. So it's, you know, we take it one day at a time and we binge RuPaul's Drag Race to kind of band-aid over what is going on. So that is how I am. How are you? I'm okay, yeah. I literally just plodding along. I mean, before before COVID was even a thing, I never went out. I was always in 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 my like like my flat, like too anxious to go and bite my nails and things like no, I don't yes. want to go out. Still anxiety too. I am I am good when I hermit and I'm on my couch with my blankets. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, she's good. Seven hours of TV, okay. Challenge accepted. <laughs> but the thing that's so frustrating to me is that I'm sitting here and I'm like, I want to go out. I want to go. I want to go to comic cons. I want to host comic cons. I want to interview a lot of people in person. I want to sit in front of a live audience. And I'm like, actually, no, maybe not. <laughs> right. It's, you know, it, it it's like a roller coaster. It goes up and down. Sometimes I'm like, I just want to go to a filthy bar and take a shot, which I never want to do. And then the next day I'm like, I would like to stay in my house for another seven months. So you just kind of never know. Yeah. I, 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 like um, before we start recording, me and Sarah was talking about um, going to the cinema and I went to this, like, I, if you don't follow me on Twitter already, which you saw, um, I went I mean, to. If you're not, who are you? <laughs> Following him on Twitter. Oh, you should be following Sarah as well, obviously. This is all about Sarah. It's not about me. <laughs> it's about us and our new friendship. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I went to the cinema to watch uh, the new Conjuring film. And um, I went to the pub in first time in God knows for how, how long. And I said to my cousin, I says, oh, do you think we should have a point? <laughs> she was, yes, because, you should. And I, was, I said to my cousin, I said, 
to be sure you're positive you can have a drink. She recently just had surgery and things like that. She had over and cancer and things. So, so I was like, let's let's go out. Let's let's spend some time together. Um, so luckily she was able to have a drink and and like I was I was like, oh, I need to have it. I was like, one drink after the other. I said, Oh, I think we should get to the cinema. Like I'm, I'm naughty when it comes to drinking. Yes, yes. I mean, one leads to two, leads to ten. So (laughs) that's how the math is with the pub. (laughs) Yeah, but I think it's because when I also went to like a family gathering on Sunday um, and just seeing people in person was like, wow. And then it makes me think why I have social anxiety and things like that. I was like, whoa, people? (laughs) Oh, re-entering the world, even though we've kind of started it's going to be the most difficult thing. And I'll say like, even working, like we filmed a little bit of Resident Evil 8 Village during the pandemic and just working and not being able to be close to people and not being sure what is acceptable and what's not in people's boundaries. It's, I mean, some things from this time I'm going to love taking like you know, men telling me to smile, like I love wearing a mask because no man is like, Hey, you should smile more. Um, but you know, other things are just, it's very confusing. So I think you did a great job by just, you know, lubricating yourself a little bit with a couple of pints. Yeah. It's more, it's more yeah. Confidence boost. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> did you like the movie? Did you like Conjuring? It was okay. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. But other than that, it was okay. It wasn't too bad. I agree. Are you a big horror movie fan? Um, I mean, I'm a massive fan of the the, the Conjuring universe, like Insidious and yeah. Conjuring and The Nun, and I've I've always been into that the, the that kind of film. So me too. And seeing those in a the theater is so fun because they're so big, and I love screaming in in a theater. I was I was thinking to myself, I was like. Have they turned down the volume? Because literally, it seems more quiet than it normally is, and I don't know if I'm—I don't know if I'm like I'm partly deaf or. <laughs> so, but it seems quieter than normal. Like before, you could actually feel like the rumble in your feet because it was that loud. Maybe they're just worried about people because it's been such a stressful year and a half. Maybe they're like, let's just turn everything down. Give people, <laughs> yeah, turn up the heat a little bit so they're nice and warm and and just completely relaxed. So, um, in terms of um, Resident Evil, uh, when did you film or, you know, do the motion capture for Resident Evil Village then? Yeah, so I um, was in Resident Evil 7 Biohazard and I played one of the main villains, Marguerite Baker, in like 2016. And I became really good friends with the producer who, her name is Rosanna Sun, um, and she is the owner of The Workhouse, which is a production company. And she, I had, I was enthralled and I admired her so much. And, and at that time I said, hey, I would love to just kind of watch you work. If you ever need help in casting, in producing, I would love to just kind of intern with you, watch you do what you do. And so when Resident Evil Village came around, she asked me if I wanted to help her with casting. And I said, absolutely, because she was going to have me audition anyway. Um, but I, so I had a, a different view of Resident Evil Village. So I've been working on that or had been working on that probably since 2017, 2018, just ramping up to casting it um, and also auditioning for it myself. But I got to be in the room when all of the other actors came in and read and 
and see that a little bit of that behind the scenes. I got to bring in some of some people that I've known since I was 15, 16 years old who also live in Los Angeles. Um, Aaron LaPlante, who plays, um, oh my God, what is his name? I can't the Duke, the Duke, yes. the Duke, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Duke. And then um, Jeanette Moss, who plays one of the sisters who passed away actually in yeah. January. Um, I've known them since I was 16 years old and it was really great because they were, they're incredible actors. So I didn't get them the job. I just brought them to it and then they showed their skill, but it was really cool to be able to bring in people that I know are incredible to be in this worldwide game. Um, so then I would say 2019, we started filming, um, had our first read through with the whole cast, which is really cool so fun to see everybody in the same room and then the world kind of exploded as you know but um yeah so yeah and and i feel really lucky that i got um to do a couple of littler roles in this one because i was such a big role in the last game and you know kind of i got to play nice people which is rare for me normally i play a villain so yeah it was just a really cool experience and a different experience because i got to see a lot of behind the scenes how Capcom works, how incredible they are, how incredible the designers and artists and writers are. Because truly the actors and motion capture performers, they we have a lot to do with it. We bring the character to life, but it is not just us. There are so many other levels. So I need to applaud all of those people as well. It was, it was a really cool experience. And the fandom this time is amazing everyone is so excited and i'm so glad that it lived up to what people you know were were thinking and talking about it was kind of it was funny we signed these really strict non-disclosure agreements and when the first trailer came out louisa has a couple lines and so many people were like that's your voice and i was like i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) because i can't tell you so it was it was cool to have people recognize my voice now you shadowed someone who was like a casting director, things like that. Can you can you tell us like what do casting directors normally look for when, oh, when they're yeah. looking at auditions? Yeah, of course. It's so interesting because I've been an actor for fifteen plus years, and to be on the other side is so interesting because you get so when a character comes out, you get a breakdown of the role. So um, let's just use Louisa for example. She is, you know late fifties, early sixties, which I am not, but, um, motherly, there's all of these descriptive words for the character. And then the actor gets sides. So a little bit of a script and when they come in, it's how they bring that description of the role in those sides together and bring it to life. So, so we don't necessarily know what we're looking for. We're looking for kind of that spark of that character. Um, like the Duke, my friend Aaron LaPlante, he's so incredibly talented. And, you know, when he came in, he brought it to life himself. He brought things to the character that the writers, the director didn't even know existed. And that's kind of the magic in casting is when someone brings something different because you're going to bring in people who kind of fit the description. So a lot of the people may do the same thing. So it kind of gets monotonous. So like as an actor and as someone who's done casting now, I always say your first read, do something different. Do what mm-hmm. you do best. And then they will, the, the casting director will then give you like, hey, try it this way and just be directable. But my my like tip is to always do something a little bit different first, just to show them who you are because they can always bring you back. 
Um, but if you read it boring the first time, most of the time casting directors will be like, thank you and have a great day. We'll, we'll call you. And they never do. So yeah. <laughs> But it must be horrible not hearing back from him. Like when you've gone, when you've gone into an audition and you're like oh, giving it your all and oh, screaming at the top baby. of your lungs. <laughs> it's it's really funny. I always joke. It, you get to this point as an actor where you kind of don't care anymore. You build up this wall of. And I always joke like if I audition for like a big show, a big TV show, and you know I'll make it to the producer round, and then they they do this thing and they put you on a veil which means like you have to hold the dates because they might be casting you and they usually put a few people on a veil and that's when the producers will like kind of see if you match the other people in the show kind of thing and sometimes they forget to release you from a veil and so then you're like waiting around and it's been weeks and weeks and you're like did I book this show and then the show comes out on tv <laughs> and you're like oh I didn't. <laughs> so you kind of have to laugh at yourself because I mean, the first couple times it is it truly devastating, but you learn to kind of build up this thing and, and realize that your job as an actor is the stuff in between the roles you book. And it's the, it's all of the auditions is your job. And then you release it. And then when you actually book something, that's kind of like the icing on the cake, if you will. That's how I have to think about it. Otherwise, I'd be super depressed all the time. <laughs> how how does it feel like you've auditioned for like the, you know this or TV show and things like that, and you don't get the role, but you see it getting all this success, and you see that one person in that role. How does it make you feel? I know you, you're going to turn around and probably say like, you know, I might be happy for the actor because the actor might have not been as well known as me, or. No, my arch nemesis. No, I'm <laughs> now that's now that's that's the sassy guy. Why that is? Yes, no, I hate they are my arch nemesis, and I wish nothing but the worst for them. <laughs> no, I. It's funny. It, there was a show I I almost booked this year, and I can't watch it yet because I know it came out, and it was down to me and one more person, and I know who booked it, and I get it. But <laughs> I, it's going to take me a bit because that was a big heartbreaker. Where I, it's going to take me a minute. Um, but then I'll watch it maybe 10 to 15 years and I'll hate it. <laughs> and I hope it doesn't get picked up for season two. So, <laughs> I mean, we all have to be happy for each other, especially like women in this business attempting to get uh, meatier, juicier, uglier roles that actually exist in being a woman. So, you know, I do, I am excited, but there's that part of you too that's like, God damn it. God damn it. But yeah, that's how I feel about it. So in your opinion, how can someone in the this kind of business maintain their when that that sorry, I can't can't read. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's, fine. it's it's this alcohol, I swear. It's <laughs> oh, that's, I think I've had too much to drink. I if we knew if I knew we were drinking, I would have had a cocktail at this. I brought a coffee. I should have brought some a beer or something. What time is it there? It's it's twelve thirty in the afternoon. Oh, I thought I should have said something naughty, me. <laughs> <laughs> I forgive you. Next time we have one of these, we'll have to drink at the same time. Yes, time. yes. I, I'm, I'm hoping force you to put your Zoom on because I want to see you. <laughs> I mean, I was going to ask you, right? I was going to say like, right, because I'm I want to get mentally obsessed on YouTube as well, and I was thinking. 
we could do like a YouTube video of us reacting to maybe RuPaul's Drag Races by TikToks or something like that. Um, That sounds like the greatest time of my life. And I am in any moment <laughs> of that. I am in. Good. Yes, please. Um, Can we wait, 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 wait. Can we both get in drag? <clears throat> oh, that's a good question. I will find someone in your town to put you in drag on me because I think everybody needs to be put in drag at least once. I've been put in drag, like I've been dragged up and it's it's the best feeling in the world. I see, I really want to try it. I really do. We're going to do it. We're, we're, I'm just hoping like, like <laughs> when the comic cons are back on and everything, if yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna email MCM Comic Con. I'm gonna be like, so here's the people I need to come to this Comic Con. So I've got a list of people, including you. And then I'm like, Ooh. okay, let, as soon as as soon as they contact you and say you can tell people, you let me know on Twitter, email, Instagram, whenever that you come in to MCM Comic Con near me, and we're gonna meet up, and then we're gonna do something, some press there as well. How does that sound? <laughs> that sounds like the greatest time ever. And we are going to go to that pub and we are going to have the best time ever. I can't wait. It's happening. Yes. Yes. And hopefully I can get, we can get a bar where there's a drag queen performing. Oh, That'd be even better. Yes. Like bag of chips. Yes. Like bag of <laughs> I chips. Love yeah. Bag of, I love bag of chips. <laughs> so anyway, back to this question. Now. Back to the talking. question. Go ahead. Um, in your opinion, how can someone in this media business maintain their mental well-being? Oh, absolutely. Get a French bulldog. <laughs> I have a French bulldog. But um, yes. I, in, in all honesty, is to not, like RuPaul says, don't take yourself too seriously. Um, know that it's all temporary and and that, you know, and try and work with or be the nicest person you can. Because when I work with someone who's an asshole, I, I mark that in my mind and I'm like, I'm not going to work with that person again because it's not yeah. worth my time. So being as kind as you can and working with kind people. I mean, and that's sometimes hard in this business, but I feel as the world becomes more inclusive in, especially in this business, we'll be able to, you're finding kinder nicer places because people are being held accountable now for being dickheads so <laughs> um that and then also have another hobby or something that you do that that has nothing to do with your job so my life doesn't revolve around you know being an actor i love doing it it's my favorite thing to do in the world but you know i make sure that i make time for my friends and my family and I'm obsessed with my dog Ruben he is my soulmate I went to a psychic and she said that we've lived many lives together and I told her right <laughs> and so it's just kind of it's it's putting things into perspective and having other things you like like I love RuPaul's Drag Race I love horror movies and that's still in like the vein of things that I love to do like acting but it's 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 different it's I can be a fan instead of attempting to make money from it you know what I mean yeah yeah and, and like, how did you like get into like RuPaul's Drag Race? Is there any like particular reason or did someone introduce you? Like, how did you get into it? I started watching. So Jinx Monsoon, Jared Hoffer, I believe season four was, we had done a play together in Seattle. So 
he left the play to go do RuPaul's Drag Race Mm -hmm. and they had to recast him. And so we had met there and then, um, and so I was like, of course, I'm going to watch, I'm going to support my friend on the show. And I immediately fell in love with it. And I, I have an interesting family situation, um, not like great family situation. And I've always kind of had like a chosen family and my best friend, Jeff, who is an incredible gay man who's taken care of me and I take care of him for 15 plus years. And he has, he's my blood family now. Like he is the first person I call when something good happens. He is my family. And if, you know, when I get married, he'll be the person to walk me down the aisle, that kind of thing. And the LGBT community is, oh, it's always just been this really beautiful place that I cherish and love. And, and so to see drag race in this, and RuPaul say things, like I said earlier, like not take yourself too seriously, really like we are each other's family and the support and everybody say love. I was like, oh, this is how to live your life. So from then I've just watched it. Um, and supported it as much as I can. And it's so funny. So I told you this, but I was in a Blair St. Clair music video and I have an agent in Los Angeles and I never submit myself for jobs, but, um, Mm -hmm. I follow her on Instagram and she had posted, I'm doing a music video. Please send resumes to this email address. Um, and you know, you could be in my music video and I submitted myself. I was like, here I am, you know, I've been in these shows, this happened, this happened, I'm an improviser, I'm a comedian, blah, 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 blah. And I I booked it and I've never been more excited for a job showing up on set. Blair was so nice. We, I, I play a judge and she is a, uh, like a dance student at it, like a dance audition. And they just let me improvise and it was so fun. And then Blair and I became friends. And so for me, I just like to be around these beautiful queens and it's just pure magic. And that's kind of why I love drag race so much. It's, it's pure magic. And have you ever been to drag con? Did they, did they bring drag con to you? To the- um, I think they did. I think they did one drag con in that. I think that was in London and I live way too far from London. And uh, um, hopefully soon they'll bring it to Birmingham, which is a bit closer yeah, to me. So drag con was just truly the most magical day of my life. I felt like a, like a kid in a candy store. I was just seeing all the Queens and how beautiful they are. And it's, it's just, it's pure magic. <laughs> as soon as I see an advertisement for RuPaul's drag con in uh, Birmingham, I'll be, you know, how fast I'll top up an email to get a press pass. <laughs> I host this podcast. It might, I might, you might not, might not accept me, but you know, it, Sarah Coates has been on it. <laughs> yes. You know what? Never apologize for asking for something. I always feel like, like, just do it because who knows if they're going to give you a press pass and your podcast is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger because you are amazing. So they should get you now because you're going to be an incredible podcaster. You know what I mean? And you already are. So that's that's the that's the aim <laughs> yes, right it's it's because like i just enjoy it so much like sitting here talking to all these fabulous people about about their careers is just so fascinating to me yeah it's so fun and i love listening to your podcast because you've had a lot of the resident evil gals on yes and, you know 
maybe we should get some drag queens on your show. I will help book people for you. <laughs> I have literally, I've, I, I know Trixie Mattel is a bit, you know, a bit too big for me, but I, I emailed Trixie Mattel. Um, who else? Jinx Monsoon. I even tried to get yeah. Jinx Monsoon on. Um, and uh, that, and then after I didn't hear back, I kind of stopped, stopped trying to get RuPaul's Drag Race gals on, but... Oh, 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 you know, try again. Else, but we'll we'll do it. We'll figure it out. We will do this. We will put it out to the atmosphere to do your podcast. <laughs> yeah, like Sarah, Sarah Coates is that many agents? <laughs> <laughs> I will force them to do it. I will strong hold them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> better do this podcast otherwise, <laughs> or I'll kick your ass. <laughs> so, what was it like? Um, like you've. Was Marguerite like the first villain you've ever done or ever done some in the past? You know, I'm, I was on a show called Z Nation on the Sci-Fi Network. It's on uh, Netflix. I'm not sure if it's on Netflix over where you are, but um, I I didn't really play a villain, but I it, it's a zombie apocalypse show. So I got to play like that heightened um, character who, you know, who battles people, but um, performance capture, motion capture, and voiceover is so much different. What and what I love about it is that you know you don't have to be Marguerite Baker again is like a sixty year old woman who and I am not. So it's it's cool that I can play someone who doesn't look like me, who is not in because in Hollywood, I mean, it's majority about looks and you know do you fit the character looks wise first, but in motion capture, I can be anybody. I've played yeah. a soldier. I played, you know, a six year old woman I played. And then I'm also like Barbie's friend Harper, who's 16. So that's really cool. But this is the first time that I've played such an incredible villain who, what I love about her is she was a mom first and like really loved her family. And then the mold, you know, took over and she became, I was like, liken her to Kathy Bates from the movie Misery, like this just, she's sweet as pie for a minute and then she turns into a monster. So it was really, I had fun because in my, you know, film or TV career, I'm always like the goofy best friend, <laughs> you know, that's like, that's who I play, which makes sense. But um, it was really exciting to play such a evil murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do it more. When you look at Marguerite and then you look at you, you're like, I'm looking back, back and forth, like, no, that's 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 not Marguerite, but that but that's just the the greatest thing about people's acting. <laughs> Is that like, wow, <laughs> like even to it's really fun. It was so funny. So when when Resident Evil, so when I booked it, we we didn't know what we we knew it was a video game. But we didn't know what it was for almost two years. So we were filming things for almost two years right before the game came out. And then they kind of told us what it was. So we knew the characters, we knew what was going on, but we didn't know the game. So when we found out, it was really exciting. And and when it first launched and I got to watch people play it and, and be so scared by Marguerite and so I did her motion too. So like her movements are my own. So when I watch her move, I can see myself and I was <laughs> watching this guy play on YouTube and he was like, Oh my God, she's such a terrifying skinny bitch. And I said, they called me skinny. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited that someone was like, Oh, she's skinny, but I digress. It, it's, it's, 
I see her in me, even though we don't, we don't look alike. We, I see her bone structure and her, some of her facial movements in me because it is me. So it's yeah. cool to kind of see like your movements with a different form over it. It's always so interesting to see that. It's, it's super exciting. So like, what was the brief? Like, what did it tell you to say? Like, like, what did it tell you about Marguerite? Like, like, how did they want to sound, if if that makes any sense? Yeah, of course. It's Well, we knew that they were in Louisiana or in the South, of, mm-hmm. in, in America. And so we kind of knew the accent. But in these kind of games, they don't give you tons of information. So you'll get the a few of the lines. And um, I, I believe in the audition scene, we were doing like a the kitchen sequence where I'm serving food to Ethan and, but then they will have you do like, okay, now you're transforming into a monster. Mm -hmm. So I want you to attack. And so you kind of just kind of have to guess because it's such an odd thing. It's not like something you have sense memory from. I, I personally have never turned into a monster that, you know, her vagina turns into bugs, but (laughs) I can, I can make it up. So uh, and it's it's all just kind of, I always think of someone, especially from the casting side, is willing to do something and taking your direction and trying their best to get there. That's the best person to hire because they will listen and 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 attempt things without being embarrassed or not knowing, just trying. And if you fail, that's great because then you know it didn't work and you can try something else. So I, I just remember that first audition leaving and being like, well, that was weird <laughs> because I had to like kind of crawl on the floor and, and pretend I was turning into a monster. And then, you know, but then you leave and you kind of leave that audition at the door and you forget about it. But when you book it, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Can you do the voice off the top of your head? I'm going to put oh, you on yeah. the spot now. Of course. Um, well, uh, Marguerite Baker, so she's like this, and she wants you to listen to the Mentally Obsessed podcast. Love it. There she is. She loves RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes, yes. She's like, eat your supper. Oh, my God, yes, queen. I'm pussy, bitch. She's got like that kind of farmer accent to her, but not at, she at, does. not the actual like like uh, I went mean, thick far, farmer then. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely southern small town. We had vocal coaches come in because we weren't sure where in Louisiana um, these characters were from. So the the Baker family would all sit. We all sat at a table doing the dinner scene trying out different accents and uh, really working, which was really cool because a lot of time when you work on a tv show or um even a film a lot of the roles i play are just a few days they're not going to be like 30 days or you know whatever it takes to film a movie so Mm -hmm. when you get on set you don't there's no rehearsals really you have to be prepped ready and you just go when i filmed z nation i was on it for four seasons and i would do a couple episodes a season and it was like zombie summer camp i but there's no rehearsal. You just go in, you get two or three takes at your scene and you're done. So it was really wonderful to be able, it was almost like a play. Like we had rehearsal period. We um, got to work together. I think that's why the Baker family is so scary is because we formed a relationship before we filmed the game, which is so rare. It's so cool. And even in village, there wasn't 
a crazy amount of rehearsal because of COVID. So I feel super lucky with, with Biohazard to be able to work with these people and, and rehearse with them so much. Is there anyone from the cast that you still speak to? I bet you still speak to everyone, Everybody. but like, yeah. Katie O'Hagan, I love Paula Rhodes. She's so talented. Um, I'm, like I said earlier, I'm really good friends with Aaron LaPlante, who played the Duke, Jesse mm-hmm. Pimentel, who um, was in Biohazard and Village. And, you know, then I be- have become friends with like Nicole Tompkins um, and, and Maggie and all those people. They're just really sweet. We're, we're super lucky when we cast, we cast really cool, fun, talented people who I would, it would be a privilege to work with again. How how do you feel about the popularity of the game? It went really big, didn't it? Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. I always say like Biohazard walked so Village could run. <laughs> so Biohazard was like back to the how Resident Evil was. So it kind of gave the people like, hey, this is where we're going with the game. So it's so exciting to see that Village was, people were excited for Village because of how great Biohazard was. And you know, it's it's really cool. The, the Resident Evil fans are so fun. And I feel so lucky to chat with them on Twitter almost every day. And, and you know, even though I had a smaller role in this one, I feel like I had a bigger role because I helped cast the entire thing. And I've been with the game since the beginning. And it, it feels really special. There's a little bit of me that is, that it, it kind of pings my heart a little bit. It's hard because I lost my friend Jeanette. And so Mm -hmm. it reminds me of her, but it's also a testament to how freaking amazing she is and so cool. So it's kind of this double-edged sword, which I'm so happy and I don't want to look away from it, but it also breaks my heart a little bit. So it's, but I'm really proud. Yeah. She would be proud of everyone what they're doing. Oh my God. She was the funniest person, most talented, so cool. She would be thrilled to know how happy and how excited and her and I have been trying to do a project together for years and finally when this came up and I had some pull in something because I was casting I was like this is it we are going to do it and we did and it feels it feels serendipitous and special like it was meant to happen what characteristics did they give you for Louisa um she was interesting because she was like Marguerite, like this motherly figure, um, protector. And in that scene where she, spoiler alert, dies, it's it's interesting because she has already kind of lost her husband. She knows he's gone, but she won't admit to it. And so mm-hmm. it's just this strong grounding presence, which was fun to play because normally I'm this chaotic presence. So it was interesting to be the person that kind of, brought everyone comfort instead of being the one that is a murderer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I also did a lot of, I did other additional voices. I did a lot of the doll voices. Um, I play the mom at the end. So it was, it was really cool to be able to play multiple characters and, you know, use that skill set, different layers in my voice to make it seem like I was other people so yeah it was really fun if I was to be sitting here with Marguerite and I ask I'd ask her what hobbies does Marguerite have what would she say Marguerite's hobbies are she likes to cook for her family and 
she likes to garden and bring those vegetables in to cook because you better eat her goddamn supper. And she also likes RuPaul's Drag Race. (laughs) (laughs) And same for Louisa. Louisa is more my voice, but she, um, she, you know what? It's interesting. She's also a a family person and she wants to protect her family and protect mother miranda yeah she, she's like someone that you'd be like okay i'm actually when the um uh street lights come on <laughs> mm-hmm. she's the one bringing everybody in she's the one making sure everybody's okay yeah um, bringing in strays um and yeah she's almost like that cool aunt yeah everybody yeah what's and now what's sarah coates hobbies now i kind of know one of them I well, we already know one of them. I already talked about my dog, who's my best friend. Um, I'm I love horror movies. I'm such a huge horror movie fan. Um, it, Halloween time is is my favorite time of year. My birthday's in October as well. I've always been when I was a little kid, there was this VHS tape of the horror movie creep show too that was passed around the neighborhood. And we didn't want to tell our parents because it was so scary. And I remember getting it and watching it and I just watched it over and over and over because I thought it was so cool. So I'm a huge horror movie fan. I love um, vintage clothing. I love uh, going to theme parks. I miss going to like Disneyland and you know, Universal Studios. I just think that's, it's so ridiculous and, and brings me back to like a childhood feeling and kind of drag does that too. I love watching drag shows. I love supporting drag artists. I love, I love tipping drag queens. It's truly one of my favorite things. One of my Mm -hmm. birthdays, my fiance just gave me like a bunch of ones and we were at a drag show and I spent them in like three minutes because I was like take more money drag queens yeah why not do that like right I'm like take it take it take it um (laughs) yeah those are those are my hobbies Mm, that's very interesting um yeah it was in the audience as well what was it like like sitting in front of RuPaul herself let me tell you that I floated above my body (laughs) I was watching it like I had passed to another realm I, I have this wonderful friend who is also, she also was in the room or is, was in the Blair St. Clair music video. We met on set that day and we both are actors and have, you know, credits under our belt. We both self-submitted to be in this music video because we love drag so much. Mm-hmm. So she's good friends with Raven um, of Drag Race fame and got us into a taping of Celebrity Drag Race. And truly... I got to sit right in the front. I got, and then when I turned around, I didn't even hear them come in. It's Carson, Ross, Michelle, RuPaul in full drag. Truly the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And I remember listening to Ru's podcast and Mm -hmm. said, if you ever see me out and about, this was pre-COVID, but don't come up to me. You know, like I I love it. Just a thumbs up because then I know, you know, and we we know what's going on and we can connect. And so when I turned to Rue, I gave her a thumbs up mm. and she goes, darling, I love your coat. And I was wearing this beautiful leather jacket and I, again, floated above my body <laughs> and could not feel my limbs. It was truly the most magical. And, and when you watch that episode, they cut to me a lot laughing because I was truly like, it was a RuPaul roast. Um, 
the celebrities and the the drag the Rue queens were roasting RuPaul and it was so funny and so joyous and truly just the best day and then mm-hmm. after that I left and I still have not come and come down into my body because I've been in the presence of Rue and drag it was it's funny on IMDb I added it to my IMDb and I named my character and I said uh, enthusiastic yet chic audience member <laughs> <laughs> and it's my best credit to this day no why at all um because we know that raven's um close to rupaul because doesn't Does raven do makeup yeah yes. so so that's like that's you're getting there you're getting like itching close to, maybe i'll mm-hmm. invite you to be a judge you know it's as the show gets popular more pop that would be my dream i would do anything and that is the main goal for success here, right? That is what yes. I am going to just get successful enough to be a judge. But <laughs> I would do anything. I, I would be an extra, whatever they wanted on that show. So I yeah, yeah. So much. Are you watching oh. the season? Um, I'm watching. I watch All Stars. All Stars. I did have a look on. Um, well, I haven't had a chance to look on Netflix actually because. I was using my mum's account and she didn't, um, you know, uh, pay for Netflix yet. <laughs> so well, I, I watched the um, I watched the pit stop. So like I know what was going on. Ah, it's like I'm like one of those p- people that are like, oh, if I can't watch the episode, I'm going to have to find another way. I'll watch, I'll watch anything. Same. Yeah. I'll watch anything. I need to see it. Yeah. <laughs> and do you I'll, have do you have a favorite drag queen? If you were a, a, a real queen, that's your favourite? So it's got to be Trixie Mattel and Katia, but I like Blair Sinclair as well. Mm, yes. yes. Saying that. I, Blair is up there only because she, well, she's so talented and she also put me in her music video, but she's so kind and truly is blooming as a performer. But I am a Katia fan as well. Katia is, and I also like Bob the Drag Queen. Oh, Bob. Bob and Monet, yeah. Because I religiously watch The Exchange Rate. And like oh, I look yeah. at I look at Monet and I like I get so inspired by her. I'm like, you know what? That's that's what I want to do. I want to sit there yes. and interview people. And yeah. you can. She's so incredible. They're all so incredible, but yeah, I love those queens that have kind of like taken their careers on Drag Race and built it into something else, like Trixie and Katya's. Uh, you know, yeah, they're, they're, it's so funny and so fun to watch. Um, I'm also a big Alaska fan, of course. And Shangela, I went to one of Shangela's shows pre-COVID, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll have to send you the video. She is doing a number, and she touches me. And the look on my face after she touches me, I just, I, again, put it above my body. Um, she is so talented. And her show was outstanding. So fun. Oh, I was, oh, I was going to say Nina West recently followed me on Twitter. And so I'm like, how can I become friends with Nina West? Oh, Nina West. I mean, all of them are bright queens. Which all of them. I, I remember watching all, um, all stars for, or five, five, five. And then I saw Blair walking in that outfit. The, I mean, I was gagged. I was like, oh my God. I look, uh, then I was rooting for Blair Sinclair to the end. Oh, and Jujubee, of course. But Shay as well. Jujubee, Jujubee 
was so funny and it was so good to see her just succeed and really bring what she's great at when she's like, and I slink over to the thing and make it 72 degrees. It was truly the funniest. Yes. She cracks me up so much. Well, before this interview, well, yesterday, not before, but yesterday, uh, I wrote on Twitter that I was going down the rabbit hole of RuPaul's Drag Race and I was watching the Best of All Stars 5 and yes. when JJB is walking down the runway and they're doing like that country skit and she oh, goes yes. and she goes but they all call me Amber like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah oh. I was like that's definitely Shay Kulay's, um redemption season oh definitely. my gosh because you cannot beat the Sasha Valor Rose win moment. I, it's funny, I'm not a huge like athletic sports person. Like, I don't like to watch sports, but I feel like when I watch Drag Race, it is how people feel when they watch sports. Yes. I will stand up, I will cheer, I will throw money at the screen. I, you know, I get so excited. And when Sasha took her wig and those rose petals came out, I, have never felt that feeling in my life. I feel like that maybe is like what you feel when your baby's born or when yeah. incredible, you meet your husband, you know, that's what people feel. It was just incredible because that season, we didn't see Sasha Velour lip sync at all. No. We didn't know the power that she had. And I was gagged. I was shaken. The, the whole world was ganked. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. It was funny. So I have two really wonderful friends who just opened a bar together in Palm Springs um, and 111 bar and they got married in Palm Springs and they asked me to do, we did um, to Kitty Girl, we lip synced. So we each had a part and I did Trixie Mattel's part. Um, in the app, like they had drag queens at their wedding. It's these two wonderful um, John and Greg guys and I wore a little hat and had butterflies under the hat that like fake butterflies so during Trixie Mattel's part I took the hat up and the butterflies flew out of my hat no way it was a really beautiful moment I have it on film somewhere I'll have to yes please send it to me so I was the only woman asked to lip sync at their wedding which was great very happy (laughs) if this if 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 this podcast ever gets popular and like with if like RuPaul Drag Race let me host like a watch party or something, I'd love to do that. Yeah, I'd love to host like a watch party. I'm like, you would be great at it. That would be so fun. Last, these so, are a list of things that will happen. Yes, it's it's on my list. It's on my list. <laughs> and then Sarah, Sarah Coates is going to be my co-host. <laughs> yes, I'll do a couple. We'll do some lip syncs. We will yes. do some tooting and booting of the Lukes. It will be so fun. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. My bucket list, like, get this certain person on, get that blue check mark on Twitter, and then I think it's other stuff. Yes, and- we'll get it. We'll get it. It's it. It gets difficult, but we'll get it. They they. You know, I don't have the blue check on Instagram. I've been trying. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Some bananas rules, but we'll get it. We it's, will get it. It's so you have to jump through so many hoops. It's too many hoops. It's too many hoops, my friend. I, um, I don't know. Like, I don't know if you want to spill the beans on how it happened on Twitter, but did you I, ask? I was, well, I was in a movie and 
in the movie, we had a PR team. So the PR team did it for me. So uh. I got it off of all luck. But what I've heard is, is you have to have some sort of press. So like when they look you up, Mm. to see like oh this person is in the news so if you ever have like an article written about you that's when you should request yeah then they will look you up and be like oh this person is being written about so i haven't been wrote about yet but i have wrote an article for the mental health foundation about my mental illness and i was going to use that do that i was going to use that and then i was hoping like well, I'm hoping that they see this podcast as me being pressed myself. Yeah, you are pressed. That should be, they should, this should all happen. So hopefully they will. What I feel is like so many people request that they kind of just go like, you know, nah. like an intern nah. in the building going like, nah. no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. That's what I think. They're not really looking unless you're like, your last name is like Kardashian. <laughs> you know, yeah. They're not gonna. They're gonna be like blah 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 blah. Well, even if he was a Kardashian, you could have to apply. Like as soon as they have to apply. As soon as soon as they sign up to that platform and Twitter, like, oh, it's a Kardashian. That's it. They give it. They get it straight away. <laughs> I, I, I give up with Instagram. I've applied about five hundred times. Oh yeah, it's kind of like we're done. This is too much. Yeah. One day yeah. it'll happen, but yeah. I mean, like, I was speaking to someone who's also, um, her name was Erin Fitzgerald, who's also verified on the platform on Twitter as well. And she was like, it's it's just a, a tick on a platform. That's it, really. It doesn't, it doesn't define you and doesn't define your career or anything like that. And then and I'll say... how popular you are and how, like, the content that you yeah, yeah. do, you know, so... And, and this is what my psychologist all the time tries to tell me. I was sitting in my psychology meeting and I'm like, I'm, I'm looking through Twitter and I've just seen that some person's been verified and, like, I haven't even had a chance to apply yet and I know that they might say no to me. And she's like, right, okay... Calm down. This <laughs> is like, and then she asks me the questions. Okay, she goes, right, I'm going to interview now, you now, Reese. And I'm like, okay, right, okay. And she goes, so what is being verified on Twitter? And then I'm sitting there for a good 10 minutes, like, um, hmm, I don't think I can answer that. She's like, exactly, that's what you've got to think about. Like, you physically can't answer that question, can you? No, and it's just, it's a, it's a weird goal that we don't need to have. You are yeah, exactly. successful, but you know, I and it will happen and you just have to be patient and know that your worth is not based upon a tiny blue check on a social media platform. Mm-hmm. You are smart, you are funny, you are kind and that's what's important. Exactly. I should tell myself that. I'm going to I'm yes. you know I'm going to have that. Write it down. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Of, of friendship and kindness that doesn't have anything to do with that little blue check. So, <laughs> yeah. And you know, like when you're going to, when you start doing the press stuff at these comic cons, when they come back, you can talk to people there be like, Hey, I would, I want that. But for right now, know that it's a, it's a messed up system that doesn't, you know, control your worth. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 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 You I feel so motivated. <laughs> so fun. I love chatting with you today. That's, uh, I mean, that's, I love chatting with you as well. Like, I mean, I wasn't really prepared because, like, I, I've been out, pretty, like I said, I've been out pretty much all day today. And, like, I got out the that's cinema. Crazy. 
And and you messaged me saying, are we still on for today? I said to my cousin, I said, fuck, I'm interviewing Sarah Coates today. (laughs) Well, I think this was perfect. It was more of a friend hang, and that's what I like, because now we're friends. Of course. Yeah, of course. Right, seeing the last of me, Sarah Coates. No, uh, we, and whenever I come visit out there, we'll have the best time ever. Um, thanks, thanks for being here. You can catch um, Sarah Coates as Louisa on Resident Evil Village, which is now available everywhere, whatever platforms it's on. <laughs> I know, it's, it's places, you can find it. And then go back and watch or and play Resident Evil uh, Biohazard and let me know how I murder you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then always on Twitter, I love seeing pictures of people's dogs. And I also love um, talking about horror movies and drag race. So, so let's, let's chat. Uh, SL Coats, isn't it? SL. I signed up for Twitter and Instagram before I knew that, that it was a big deal to like have your name be that. So both of mine are different, but if you look Sarah Coats up, you'll find me on both. You'll def- yeah. Yeah. If you definitely give Sarah Coates um, a Google, you'll see a lot of things about her. And yeah, don't forget to obviously follow me on Twitter as well. I am really smart and obviously mentally obsessed on Twitter too. Come nerd out with us. I love it. Yes, please. Thank you so much. I love mentally obsessed. <laughs> I'm Danielle McCray. I'm Taylor Gray. I'm Laura Post. Jelly Soar. I'm Patty Madsen. What's it like to voice Ajara? Do you have a connection to the character? Yes. Ajara is... Ajara was actually one of the very first, like, super big, important roles I booked. What inspired you to become a voice actress? Uh, So what inspired me were... There were two different things. So one, it was cartoons inspired me to want to get into voice acting. What inspired you to start a tarot collection? Well, I started studying tarot about 20 years ago and I started playing WoW a little over 11 years ago. And, you know, the whole 20 years that I've been looking at tarot, I've always thought to myself that I would just really love to make a deck. What's it like to be a part of the Star Wars community? I mean, I don't know if there's any better community to be involved with. I know everyone who was a part of the show and worked on the show um, was so fortunate and grateful to be a part of it um, because it's an amazing family that you get brought into and you you realize that as you go to things like Celebration was only a few weeks ago. How do you feel about Sylvanas' progression in the next expansion? Well, you know, um, I always try to uh, not be connected to judging her regardless because our our job is to deliver a performance for the character that uh, is not in judgment of, of what she's doing or what they're writing because it's to stay true to delivering 